Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth goal for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with his when things are going wrong against you if you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Here We Go podcast. It's been a familiar feature of our time during this show that we'll have big games at hand at the preview. But of course, this will be the first one where we're not all having to make plans to reach an awkwardly located venue at an awkward time on an awkward day. But we'll have no choice but to watch it on a dodgy stream. I say dodgy stream because am I fuck paying for Premier Sports after the untold damage that mob did to Scottish football when they were branded as Satanta. But that aside... Um, joining me tonight to look ahead to Sunday's match that ran out of the way is, as ever, Martin Kalinas. Martin, um, I suspect the main reason to be upset about not going down on Sunday is uh, no bacon sandwich stuff at the Horn. That is, I'm absolutely devastated, Richard. Uh, you know, you know how much I love a stop at the Horn. Um, so yeah, I mean, I might just, <laughs> I might just, I might just try and go down there anyway. <laughs> Yep, uh, that's entirely understandable. Uh, although, is it psychologist to say that sometimes they overcook the bacon? Am I going to be drummed out of Aberdeen for saying that? That, that, is, that is an outrageous statement, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> then, making our Here We Go debut tonight, it's uh, Amy Lee Freoli. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a great pleasure to have you on. Um, if you don't mind me saying, and it might not be entirely clear from that initial introduction, but you might be the weediest sounding person we've ever had on this show, Amy Lee. So that really does beg <laughs> the question, why AFC? Um, well, I think in Glasgow, football can be a very, very controversial subject, and so I avoided it for many years, although I did, I was always interested, I just never had a team, and I would often um, kind of just quote Hearts as my team, because that's who my mum supported, which now is quite embarrassing for me. Um, and then I developed a sort of love for Aberdeen, the city, and I was introduced to going to games, and I just... I fell in love with the club and I've, I've followed them ever since and now I'm here on your podcast which a couple of years ago would have been unbelievable to me but here we are. Is there one game from, from your years ago and that really stands out or...? I don't know. I think probably, and it's probably worth talking about today actually, but I don't think, I, I still don't think I'm over the Kilmarnock game from earlier on in the year um, when we actually made it through to this competition. Um, I know it's a very, very recent game, but oh my, I think our hearts were in our mouths for um, a very long time at the end of that game, and I don't think I'll ever quite get over it. Um, so I'm, I think that would be my standout game of my whole kind of Aberdeen fandom time. I think that's an entirely fair choice. I think I've been watching them for 35 years and I've never, ever, ever had anything like that at all, ever. <laughs> um, and it's actually quite odd to reconnect with the fact that that is actually the same tournament that we're going to be taking part in um, on, on Sunday, Martin, isn't it? Just because of the gap that we've had between the games. Um, as far as Sunday goes, we're obviously in the middle of two straight games against Celtic. 
and there's obviously some fallout to analyse, some comparisons to draw, and some changes to contemplate based on that first game. So the first bit of fallout, um, I suppose, uh, Amy Lee, is that uh, Dylan McGeoch appears to have picked up um, an injury eight weeks as the initial assessment. And it, it seems to have come from such a, an innocuous uh, bit of business as well. He, it appears to have come when he basically stepped off the side of the pitch awkwardly. It just goes to show how <laughs> like fragile these footballers can, footballers can be at times. Completely, and it's such a shame because Dylan's been in such excellent form, I think, so far. Every time we've seen him, he's, he's put in a great performance. Um, and I, I think it's a real shame that he's not going to be available for Sunday, and it, it damages our flexibility slightly. Um, but I think that we've got plenty of people kind of in that midfield area that can that can pick up um, from from where Dylan would be playing and and, and carry on there. But I, I, I do think it's a real shame. He's going to be out for eight weeks is a long, long time. Um, and, and, he's, and he's going to be a real um, a kind of loss to us. I think it's, it's great to have the quality that we do on the bench every week. Um, and, and Dylan's normally a great fixture of that. And, and when he starts, he's also fantastic. Um, so I think we really will miss him. And I think we will miss him on Sunday because I think he'd be particularly good against Celtic. And he has been um, previously. It's eight weeks, but there's an awful lot of games in those eight weeks as well. Yeah. The season's been panning out. Um, so uh, he was picked to start on on Sunday, obviously, Martin. And it was maybe a bit of a surprise the way we lined up to start with, with McGeoch and Ferguson in the centre and McCrory pushed out the right wing back. I think a few people were quite surprised at that. So the question really is that, you know, is McGeoch a, a blow to our best first eleven, or is he more, as Amy Lee has pointed out, a, a blow to the sort of flexibility that we've got in, in the team? I think it could be a little bit of both. I mean, it was a surprise that he started. We know how sort of flexible McCrory can be and how he can fit in it. You know, on the right hand side and at right back. You know, we've heard that that he's, he can play. You know, he played his first, his first you no know, two games. He played in four different positions. Um, so I think that McCrory was out there on the right just to kind of nullify any kind of impact Celtic would have had coming from their fullbacks, which is something that we've seen slightly less successful games at Pataudry, shall we say, where uh, they've, we've allowed their fullbacks to just bomb up the pitch um, and completely take a piss out of us. Uh, so I think that it made sense Made sense why he was out there. Um, it was a certain... No, McGee coming in, you know, I th- it, it is, it's, it's so unfortunate because, as David Lee says there, he was, you know, he's, he's, been, he's been pretty good for us the last few times he's played. And we started off, and, we, and I, th- I do think we started off well. There wasn't, there wasn't much in the first half, and he was only only lasted what was it, twenty five, thirty minutes, I think it was. It, it does impact probably the plans you would go with because you would, that the way you started up, was started off that game. You would like to you know, stick with as close to the same starting eleven as possible, I think. And McGee being out obviously is a big one um, because he, you no, know, he is a good player. He's very tidy on the ball. Um, and he can get forward as well, which we have seen. You know, the change it was made, obviously McLennan came on. McCrory comes at the centre midfield. I don't think McLennan d- did himself any damage as well. I think he he, he did his role role quite well. Uh, so it's it seems like a fairly obvious change that I think we would just you know, go with that with then that like that. So certainly from the defence in the midfield that way anyway. Um, I think we would just continue with that. Well, Conor McLennan is definitely an option, Amy Lee, to fill in on that uh, right wing back role. Um, the other option is that Matty Kennedy will presumably be a lot closer to full fitness now, another seven days in the bank. He was the one that started in possession of that right wing back uh, jersey. Which do you think is a more natural option that uh, Derek might pick on Sunday? 
Um, I don't know. So we've obviously we've not seen Matty for ages. It's, it feels like an age since we've seen him on the pitch. Um, I'd love to see him back, but I think Connor McLaren has been very, very good so far this season. I've been incredibly impressed by him. Um, and I think sometimes people see that he's been subbed on or whatever and get a bit panicked. But I think every performance that he's put in has been top class. Um, if I was Derek, I would definitely be considering putting him in that position. Um, but then we also know that I know we, we don't know um, what position Matty Kennedy is in just now in, in terms of fitness. But we do know Matty Kennedy, and he's he's a he's a star player. And um, if he was to go for Matty, it wouldn't be a bad choice either. So I I think really um, he's picking from some fantastic options. I don't think he can go wrong in that decision. We've come a fair way, Martin, haven't we? Because it used, it used to always be the criticism that the manager would change the lineup, he'd change the teams almost specifically for these types of fixtures. But, you know, I, I, I thought there would be an element of that, as we saw in Lisbon earlier this year. Maybe maybe go to bringing Shea Logan to play that right wing role, go for somebody more defensive to play there. But there wasn't an element, there wasn't really an element of that. You could argue playing McCrory there is an element of uh, going a little bit more defensive but there wasn't really too much of that for the home for the league game was there no there wasn't and you know we said we said on last week's podcast you no know, we we suspected it would have been it would have been a full you no know, a full five in midfield going a little bit more defensively but it really it really wasn't it is it's is something that we've kind of we've complained about before where you know Derek maybe being you know changing changing the team uh, to suit the opponents uh, and then we then we come unstuck, and you no, know, I think he's identified that Celtic are in in a little bit of turmoil. Uh, they're not the they're not the kind of the footballing machine that they were under Brendan Rodgers, um, and that's you know, that's partly to do with obviously their manager um, being far inferior to Brendan Rodgers. Um, so I think that you know it's fine that we can play our game, and we've got the you know the depth we've got in the squad, the quality of the players. You now the the board have backed him by allowing him to bring in. Bringing you no know, extra numbers um, and extra quality as well, um, so I think that we know he knows fine that he's got the quality of player there. That we, we when we have a game plan and we have, we have a game plan that's a strong game plan, we don't have to just pack pack the midfield and play you no know, play as a lonely guy up front like a four five one. So I think it's I think it's it's to be commended for that. Well, we were recording this on Thursday night, uh, and Celtic are just out of having played their Europa League tie away in Lille. And really, from that, it, you could again say that there were a lot of similarities to how they performed at Petardu on Sunday, and that they were pretty effective going forward, but clearly, clearly still have a glass jaw at the back. They're, uh, and this nothing I say is almost guaranteeing more the, uh, the us not scoring on Sunday, but they look incredibly shaky in that backline, and it, they are there to be got at. It, it would seem, Amy Lee. Oh, completely. And not only is it there to be got at in terms of goals, I mean, it's they're giving away fouls as well. I mean, it's been the defence that's been giving away penalties and free kicks all over the shop for Celtic recently. Um, they're not looking great at all. And even when they are scoring goals, like so tonight, obviously they 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 got two goals in, but. It was really a case of Lille not performing particularly well. They had so many opportunities at goal where they just failed to get it in the net. They got through Celtic's defence very easily. Um, and it, I think we do, we have players that will get the ball in the net. Um, so if we can get through the defence the way that they did tonight, um, I think that we're, that we're in a good, good position um, on Sunday. Because like you say, there, there, there are shambles at the back just now, to be quite honest with you. Um, it's, it's embarrassing watching them play every week. It's... 
I, I don't feel threatened at all by this game on Sunday and I think Sunday there showed that. I think we're, we're, we're playing a team that are not of the quality that Celtic would or should normally be at. So bearing that in mind and bearing what we saw on Sunday in mind, what would you go with up front? Do you go with someone who is less of a physical presence, such as Amarley Watkins? Although it has to be said, there was no sign of him in the training photos that the club published today. But that might just be me reading too much into it because his scan was clear, according to Derek McInnes's press conference on Wednesday. Or do you go with a more traditional centre-forward option like Ryan Edmondson or Sam Cosgrove? And I think when Martin and I convened after the game, we thought that Sam Cosgrove made a big difference on Sunday. I don't know what you think. Yeah, yeah, I think he was good. Sam was good. It was good to see him back. But I don't know if we've seen enough of him yet to prop, to, to know how good he's going to be. Um, I, I certainly think that he should feature on Sunday. I don't know if I would start him. Um, I think Marley Watkins is an interesting one because we've not seen a lot of goals from him. Um, and that's something that I think we expected when we brought him in. But what he does have is pace. Like, the pace on that man is unreal. He gets from one end to the, of the pitch to another in seconds. Um, and I think we could really do with that against Celtic. But I think if we're going to play Marley, we have to have someone like Ryan Edmondson on the pitch as well because I just don't have the faith that he's, that Marley Watkins is going to get the balls in the net. Um, he certainly gets the balls into a position where they can be kicked into the net, um, but he doesn't necessarily do the goal scoring himself. Um, so I think if we were going to go for that option, we would need to have some sort of supporting um, kind of role there, like having Ryan Edmondson on the pitch as well. Um, I certainly think Sam should get time on Sunday, but as I say, I don't know if I should start. I would maybe bring him on as a sub, um, but but he did do very, very well against Celtic, obviously, just that Sunday pass. OK, so, so you'd prefer, see Edmondson up top, Watkins playing and behind. So then that leaves the, the conundrum of, uh, are you picking either Ryan Hedges or, or Scott Wright? Are you hoping for Scott Wright to come off the bench and have the sort of impact that he did on Sunday, maybe? Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm Ryan Hedges all the way. Um, I've been backing Hedges for a long time. Last season, every week I was screaming at my TV or screaming at the, screaming at Derek from the stands, like, why is Hedges not on the pitch? Um, I think Hedges should start every game. He's fantastic. Um, he's, he's just absolutely excellent when he gets on the ball. He's, he's incredible. His footwork's very good. Um, we know he can score. My God, that, that corner goal, um, a couple of weeks ago was, was just something else. Um, so I would I would definitely have Hedges on the pitch. Scott Wright's been good, but he's not been good enough that we can rely on him against Celtic. Um, I think he's come on at times and he's brought complete like fire to the game and he's really built it up. Um, but there's been other times where he's just kind of been he's either been absent or he's been making mistakes. Um, I don't think it's worth the risk of kind of bringing him off the bench to start on Sunday. Martin, the manager was very complimentary about both of those guys, actually, on, on Sunday. Uh, Scott Wright obviously coming on and, and making a very direct impact for two of the goals. And Ryan Hedges, he, he spoke about him as a ball carrier, someone that he wanted to get closer to the opposition goal rather than playing it right wing back. Um, and I particularly like the way that they interact. It, it reminds me a bit of the old uh, McGinn and Hayes. It does, I. I mean... <sighs> The, 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 the club the club kind of made a little bit about how close they were as well how well they get on um so it's it's good it's good that reminds you on, of in McGinn and Hayes as well who were who were very poly um in their first spell when they were they seemed to just be spending every Saturday afternoon setting up tap-ins for um Adam Rooney which was you know which was fun um I think that it's it's an it's an awkward one because you know I think Marley Watkins does it does bring something that's you know that adds to when those those two uh, when he plays as well, but 
I, I think you know you were saying we don't we have to go with somebody who's more of a more of a direct threat up front. Uh, but that 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 is the 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 difficult options we have now. You know, before it was very easy just to pick you know pick who we were going for. You know, the depth wasn't really there. Now, I mean, I don't want to say we've got an embarrassment of riches, but we've got the guys who are in, in really good form, like Hedges, Scott Wright. You know, I don't know how you can how you can after that performance coming off the bench on Saturday. It would be really harsh for Scott Wright not to get a start. Um, I can fully understand why he wouldn't. Uh, because you know, Derek will have his game plan, um, and perhaps we'll see him as being able to have an, be the, have the same impact from the bench against a tiring Celtic midfield, which which he really did, which he really did on Sunday. So it is it is it's a it is a bit of a pickle for him. Um, I mean, I I would like to see them both both start, um, and I would also I, I think that. Um, only the manager will know, will be able to make that decision. But if you know if if Cosgrove is further on than he was last Sunday, then I think you you have to go with Cosgrove. Um, I said when we did the debrief that you know Cosgrove is clearly a step up on Ryan Edmondson, um, and I would I know for for an important cup game like this, I think you have to go with with your best players, and Cosgrove in that position is our one of our best players. One thing, one person you did mention there who we've not seen for a couple of weeks that I'd like to see get some minutes on Sunday is McGinn. Um, I think he's come on at the end of a couple of games recently and kind of, like you say, brought um, energy into a dying squad um, at the end of a game. And I, I think he's he's good for that. I don't think he's he's obviously not been getting starts recently and I don't see him getting them again anytime soon. Um, but I think especially against Celtic, um, if we get to that stage in the match where we need kind of fresh legs on, McGinn should definitely be up there as an option because he, we've, we've missed him the last couple of weeks, I think. Uh, it's an interesting one, Martin, because really this change of shape to not playing without and out wingers, in theory, you'd have thought that'd be tailor made for now McGinn. I really, it really should be. I mean, you know, McGinn is McGinn is still one of the best, you know, the most talented players at the club. When you when you put a football at his feet, um, I was you no, know, we've we've been saying that for pretty much all the time we've been doing this podcast, um, and it really should be this kind of this formation should be should be tailor made for him. Uh, you no, know, he was, you know, he's been. He's been good for us for so long, you know. I know he gets he gets some criti- a lot of criticism for maybe drifting in and out of games, but he is he is he is an excellent footballer, um, and he's been great for us in the past. And the problem he has now is that he's being outshone um, by you know guys like guys like Kennedy toward at the start of the season. You know, um, obviously we've just mentioned Hedges, even Scott Wright, uh, McLennan as well. No, he's, he's and so McGinn isn't getting the time on the pitch because he's maybe no he's. He's obviously he's, you know, he's getting on a he's getting on a bit. You know, maybe perhaps he's half a yard slower than he was, um, and he was never super quick anyway. Um, so I think he, you know, he's one of these guys who is, if he does get these chances, he needs to take them as well because he's not he's not been doing anything to sort of you know, beat his way into the team lately, has he? Well, we've seen um, there was a moment a couple of games ago. I can't remember. If it, I think it was the game before the Celtic game. There um, was it maybe St Mirren. Um, and um, McGinn got brought on and he instantly ran to take the free kick like he'd literally been brought on the pitch for a second and he, he went to argue for the free kick and he took it and he missed the goal but it very nearly went in and I think that kind of screamed to me that he was he was fighting to try and show that he does deserve minutes but he's not getting those minutes to then prove that he deserves them so it's a bit of a he's stuck in a bit of a kind of a loop here of just not getting game time um, so it would be nice to see him um, towards the end of a game on Sunday I think it was a game at Tannadice actually, wasn't it? He just came on and he yeah, had the free kick, and it was it was it was saved. It was a it was a decent effort, and maybe that'll be his role this season, coming on 
towards the end of games when we need that bit of extra creativity against teams who are maybe sitting in, against teams we might be struggling to break down. I don't, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember when Scotland used to play the minnows and Pat Nevin used to be brought in, Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of idea, you know, a, a guy who maybe won't be playing 90 minutes too often this season, probably we won't see um, in the starting 11, definitely in games against Celtic or the Rangers, but, but someone who has got the ability with the ball at his feet to be able to unlock a team who is sitting in, perhaps. Maybe that's how we'll see Nam again this year, but we'll have to see how that pans out. So that's a bit about how we're going to maybe try and replicate what we did to Celtic on Sunday and create the sort of chances that we did on Sunday. How are we going to tighten things up at the back, uh, Amy Lee? First of all, this season, obviously, we've, we've played three at the back for most of this season. We look pretty comfortable with it, and it does seem to be helping us get up the pitch with the ball a lot easier. But certainly what was apparent on Sunday was that Celtic were able to get in behind that. They were able to draw the likes of Hoban and Consolidate out to the ball with their man marking. And the spare man that we had in in that back three, Ash Taylor, just wasn't quite up to the standard to keep out what were two very, very good Celtic goals. I think we have to accept that they were very good finishes, but it's just lacking in that little bit of quality. So do you stick with the three? Do you stick with how we've, we've gone about things this season? Do you make a change in personnel? I would never normally opt to start with Ash Taylor because I'm definitely not his biggest fan. Um, I think up to standard is perhaps a nice way of describing his performance last week at points. Um, but I think the back three has been working. I know it didn't work particularly well against Celtic last week, but I, I don't know if it's worth changing it up because the, the, the fact is against Celtic, we we did perform pretty well. Um, I think if we can work on the points, if, if Derek has looked at that game, the players have looked at that game and they've looked at where our weaknesses were in the defence and they've worked on that over the past week, then I think that we should be okay to go with that back three on Sunday. Um, I, I I wouldn't change it up personally. I think it's worked for us quite well so far. But one of the things that it does annoy me about it is I feel like at times we rely too much on it, especially Andy Considine. So there's always moments where he kind of gets the ball halfway up the pitch. And because there's so many players in front of him, rather than heading forwards and heading for a goal, he goes back the way and he'll send it back to the back three. And we end up in this situation for two or three minutes where we're just firing it between the back three. Um, and I think there's become a sort of over-reliance and then that's when we start to lose it and then their players make their way up the pitch and there's holes in it. Um, so I think they need to work on that. They need to work on keeping the ball in the half we want it in um, and not just keeping it in the half where we think we can control it. No, that's a fair point. I mean, the, their penalty kick on Sunday comes from us being caught up the pitch, um, giving away possession cheaply. We'll be keen to avoid that, obviously. Martin, I think the kind of only other viable option for that back line is to is to drop Ross McCrory in. Um, and then obviously you have to sacrifice him for the midfield. And again, your options are limited there because of McGeoch's injury. You're looking at Funzo Ojo being the next cab in the rank, as it were. So, so you know, we talk about having a deep squad, but centre-half was always the one where after McKenna left, we thought one more would be helpful there. It was I. Um, and look, I'm going to say it. No to Ojo, um, absolutely not. Um, no, McCrory, McCrory has to. If if, if Ojo is the next option, then McCrory has to play in midfield. Um, it's it's simple as that. I mean, no, um, no, we were we were positive when Ojo came in, but he's not done. He's not done anywhere near enough to impress. Um, and certainly, 
against in, in a no, a cup semi final, you, you know you can't take a risk of putting him in, and that's a, that's a problem we have. I mean, I don't know, you know defensively, you no, know, how far away, you no, know, how how close to being ready to play would be is Mikey Devlin. Um, you know, we've got we've got a back three that are a unit that are they're working they're working you no know, they're doing they're working well together, um, despite the fact that you no know, Taylor got, Taylor got caught for as you say two very good goals. Um, so. You know, I think you just you, you stick with that unit that's that is well drilled, um, that has been working as well. You no, know, we've been we've been performing we've been performing well. Um, it's just you no, know, there's little tweaks that need to be made. Um, Ash, you no, know, don't sh- maybe don't show Lee Griffiths in on his left foot. Mm-hmm. Um, is is you no know, that is you no know, the first thing that gets written down in, on the whiteboard at training, um, and we should be fine. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want to change the change the back three um, ahead of a game like this. I think there's always a tendency to um, overrate players who who have been missing for a while and have been out for a while. I put up the uh, the goals from that Kamarnock game a few minutes ago, and I'm reminded of Michael Devlin's probably last contribution in an Aberdeen shirt. It, it wasn't particularly pretty. The goal that uh, put them three two up, uh, if you recall, how uh, how he added to that. So um, he was definitely responsible for quite a few goals before, obviously, his current injury. Um, but I think he is. On the verge of being available, certainly. Obviously, you've got Greg Lee as another option, but you know, I, I, I suspect it will be the same back three. I, I do think that criticism of Ash Taylor was maybe a little bit override on on Sunday. I, I, I contend that they were still very good goals, and it's the sort of defending that would probably be fine against seventy five percent of the teams in the league, and that's always going to be the problem, I, su- I suppose, in terms of you know where we're at with our budgets against against those two teams. Finally on Celtic, they they scored three on Sunday. It's not as if that was where their problems were, but a guy that is really a class above most of the other strikers in this league uh, came on for half an hour for Celtic tonight, and it's Edward, and he's caused us a hell of a lot of problems in the past. I remember, I think the 4-3 game at Petrovia a while back, he was just he was pretty much unplayable. Um, just head and shoulders above so much, many other strikers in this league, and Going to give us uh, another dimension to worry about uh, if he starts on Sunday, isn't it, Amy Lee? Oh, completely. Um, I was I, I was watching tonight and I was kind of like, oh, I hope he doesn't start. I hope, I hope he doesn't start tonight and he doesn't start on Sunday, but obviously he will. Um, why wouldn't they start him? Um, because it, with the minute he gets the ball at his feet and he's anywhere near the goal, you know it's going in. Um, and I think that's going to be that is going to be a problem for us on Sunday. And just like we spoke about a minute ago, there was weaknesses in our defence when we played them last weekend. Um, those weaknesses can't still exist if Edward's going to be on the pitch for them because he'll he'll get right through it. He's you you've, you obviously know what he's like. His is the ball at his feet is like magic. He get he can get it anywhere. He can turn around and get through players no problem. Um, so we really really need to tighten up that defence um, if we're anticipating him to play on Sunday. Um, I, I think it is, it is a problem for us. It is a shame, and I think we need to kind of keep that in mind that we're not playing the Celtic team we played last weekend. Obviously, it's going to be very, very similar, and they're still going to have the same issues probably at the back, but at the front, they're going to have a lot more power. OK, so we are quite excited about this game on Sunday, despite the fact we're not going there, because we know that we're two games away from finally, finally, finally winning that Scottish Cup. But I guess my question to you, Martin, is should we actually still be playing this one? It's a Scottish Cup, of course, of course we should. Um, I can understand the concerns over why, you know, why is it being continued and... Um, I could fully appreciate that, but I mean, we should definitely still be playing it. I mean, my complaint would come home. I understand, you know, um, the SFA 
have you know Hamden as their stadium. Um, it's a it's a it's a waste having the game being played at Hamden. I would certainly say that. I mean, there's nothing to say that you no know, our game shouldn't be played at McDermott Park and the other one be at Almond Vale. Um, if there, no, there's no fans in, there's absolutely no point this game being in that big, massive, you know, cavernous stadium. Um, that's 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 my only complaint about it. Um, if you know, it's 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 an it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money having that game there. I'm sure that you know there are other concerns as uh, concerns as well. I mean, but you no, know, the game should definitely have been played. I mean, if we're being honest, last season, you know, they really should have found a workaround to try and finish the season being being played as well. Um, and I would have I would say that whether we were fin- we were third or fourth. Um, no, I think the season should have been finished. I think we should be the tournament should be should be finishing off as well. Um, so, I, I, but I mean, that's maybe just me being blinkered because it is the Scottish Cup, and I'm quite confident about Sunday. Um, I like how you're standing in the Edinburgh clubs to play on a plastic pitch at Almondville. By the way, I think that's. Uh... <laughs> I mean, the quality of football we put is non-existent in their game on Saturday anyway, so you may as well just put them on the plastic, eh? Um, yeah. Obviously, Amy Lee, the, the game was postponed in the hope that fans would be back in stadiums by now. It's the end of October, and when we first went into lockdown, you know, October was the kind of deadline we were given. It clearly isn't happening anytime soon, and really, I, I think they were postponed because... These two semi-finals at a full, foolish hand in, they generate a lot of money through the ticket sales. TV deal probably isn't anywhere near as lucrative as it used to be. Now it's Premier Sports rather than through Sky. So are we left playing these games purely to fulfil that TV deal? I think to an extent, yes. But I think as a fan, I would have been devastated if at some point in the last couple of weeks they turned around and said, do you know what, we're not going to play them. Um, I think we've been looking forward to this since March. Um, I know we're not going to be there, um, which is is going to be quite upsetting, I think, especially if we do well. Um, I think the atmosphere would be quite something. But I think everyone will be doing their own thing on Sunday. I'll certainly be sitting here in my Aberdeen top and having a little drink and watching the game and celebrating and having like my scarf on and stuff. And I think people will be doing the same all over the northeast and and further afield because we, we care about the game and we care about football. Um, and I think it's really kind of been a sanctuary for a lot of people these past few months. So as much as, yes, I think you're probably right there. I think it probably is about kind of the TV deal and stuff. And I think it was probably postponed because they thought they could make more money out of it. But at the same time, I'm glad it's going ahead. And I think fans across the country will be glad it's going ahead because it, we're, we're all looking forward to this game on Sunday. And moving beyond this, Martin, if we do get through and if we do win the whole thing with no fans there, with no open top bus down Union Street, does it really count? Of course it does, Richard. There's no uh, there's no asterisk goes I get goes after this one. Um, it goes on the <laughs> it goes on the honours list. You know, this isn't this isn't some kind of carry on like when you know whoever won the FA Cup after Man U pulled out or something like that. This is it's, it's still the Scottish Cup. It's still the trophy that you know Willie Miller lifted all those times. It's still no, it's still the Scottish Cup that you know Brian Irvin scored the winning penalty in. Um, it's still massively important to to all of us and. As as, as as devastating as it would be not being there, and it will be, it'll be absolutely devastating for everybody that would have been no, would have, that would have wanted to go, um, and you know, and given that you no, know, if we do manage to get through, you no, know, we'll be playing one of the one of the Edinburgh Yo-Yo clubs, mm-hmm. um, we would get at least half the tickets, um, so there would be loads of us there as well. Um, so it is, it is, it's 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 crushing, it's spirit crushing that you can't be there, but you know. 
it doesn't matter. It goes on the honours list, and it's a Scottish Cup, and it's a trophy that we've you know. I know we've said it so many times on here. You and I, you know, we've been desperately wanting this since you know twenty minutes after we won it in nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted another one, um, and it's and it's the same. Um, absolutely desperate to win this again, and if I can't be there, you no, know, I'll get over it. Uh, but just as long as we can win the thing. Yeah, fair enough. I was obviously playing devil's advocate, but, but yeah, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know you were. Um, just finally, before before we end tonight, um, the club today announced uh, a campaign, a new campaign called the hashtag Our Home campaign, and it uh, it seeks to, I suppose, strengthen the ties between the club and the area in which it operates, in which it draws. The majority of its fan base from. So first off, Martin, cynical marketing exercise or genuine attempt to develop a bond. What's in it for the club here? I suppose it's a club trying to create like a little bit more, more of an identity within the city. I mean, over the past, you know, how many years has Derek McInnes been manager? Seven years, eight years. Um, you know, there has been an upturn. I think in you know seeing. People in the city, loads more people with Aberdeen tops. It, you, you, know, you used to see so many, so many kids going around with Celtic and Rangers tops in Aberdeen. You don't see it as much as you used to anymore. And I think that's the, the club are trying to capitalise on the fact that you know we are doing you know, pretty well. Yeah, I know the the amount of trophies won doesn't necessarily reflect that, but we are better than we were under you know, some of the previous managers. And so I think the tr- club are trying to capitalise that, and I think it's trying to do something positive about the city. I mean. Uh, among many, among many words that annoy me, um, are things like you no, know, when people use terms like todders and all this kind of stuff. One that really pisses me off is when people talk down Aberdeen um, and using the term things like Aberdoom and all this kind of crap. Um, and this is a club just trying to kind of maybe, maybe just build the city up, you know, kind of have a bit more a positive outlook. Um, and you'll say, look, you no, know, in Aberdeen, like the, I think they mentioned in the article that they're going to have, you know, um, they had, I think they had Considine down at Foot D, and they'll have you no know, like kind of. I run about different parts of the city and Shire, so they'll probably have I don't know Johnny Hayes up at the tire bagger or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but it's just it's just about trying to do something a bit more positive. I mean, it doesn't no, it doesn't, and it doesn't really cost them anything to do this. You know, just get them out there and take some photos and just you know try and try and pick them a bit more positive spin on what goes on in Aberdeen because you know we're a, we are a one we are not. You know, I'll wait for the, the the nasty letters from the Cove Rangers fans, but we are a one club city. Uh, you know, and we you know we have a we have a proud history. You know, we've won lots of trophies in the past. We've had successful spells. We've had not so successful spells, but we are a one club city. And anything that the club can do to harness, you know, and create you know a good feeling among the support is worth it. So I thought it was quite interesting to get your viewpoint on the same Lou, because I wondered if it might have been slightly tone deaf to those supporters from outside the city and shire or indeed those who don't have a direct connection to the city and shire uh, am i well, again thinking too much about that or perhaps but i think um us people that are from outside the city and shire particularly us glaswegians would be a little bit more offended by the songs that we sometimes sing, sing at games <laughs> before we're offended by this campaign to be honest um, I think that most people that support Aberdeen do have some sort of connection to the city, no matter how distant it may be. Um, and I think that if you're going to support a club like Aberdeen, as you say, it's a, it, it basically is a one-club city. Sorry, Cove Rangers. But um, it's, a, it's a one-club city, and you're right, we should, we should capitalise on it. 
And people people that support Aberdeen know that. They know that the club's rooted in the North East and they know that the city of Aberdeen is very much linked to Aberdeen Football Club. Um, I, I, it's one of the things I absolutely love about Aberdeen is especially going to games and singing songs like the Northern Lights. It's like, it, it's something that just doesn't exist in the same way in Glasgow. Um, and it's something that I think that Aberdeen should celebrate because, as you say, like I, I remember being down the beach in the summer and every child that you've seen was wearing the new strip. And it was fantastic because you just couldn't do that in the same way in other parts of the country. Um, so I think the club are completely right to capitalise on it. It's not costing them anything, as you say. It's a chance to get the players out there, get the players involved. Um, and I think it's great. I'm going to imagine, Martin, and this might be completely wrong, but uh, in the past, Dave, Dave Cormack has spoken about expanding the DNA thing to free... To make it free for school kids, which he has done. But I, I think there was also talk back when he took over of giving free tops to every five-year-old or six-year-old in the city and shire. So I wonder if this is maybe the first step to a campaign that will do that. And therefore, you know, is that something which is a worthwhile use of the club resources? Um, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. Can't say I remember seeing that at the time. But if you say it was, then I, mean, I have no reason to disbelieve you. I think it just there's something like that, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, the DNA thing, obviously, that they've done um, with a free membership for under twelves or whatever it is pre-COVID, when you could have sign-ins and things like that. No, it's it's always good to have these chance for like young younger kids to to get to meet their favourite player and all this kind of stuff, which is not necessarily something that was that, that was. That happened in the past. I think you no, know, a lot of the, some of the in the past. I think a lot of the players were quite inaccessible um, to get into people getting to meet them. So I think anything you can do that, and it is, it's you no, know, this is this isn't like you no know, some sort of like groundbreaking statement. But you know, you need hooking the kids when they're really young and getting them, getting them, getting them you no know, entrenched in Aberdeen uh, is is really important. And this sort of thing, you know, might be might be exactly the kind of thing you can do that where it's just you no. Know, no, this is no. This is whole thing. This is our city. This is Aberdeen. You know, come along. You know, like a free membership where they get. I don't even know what they get in the DNA membership um, for the kit, the free kids one. They probably get some stickers or um, whatever it is. Um, but anything, anything they can do that is you no know, with at, at hopefully minimal cost um, will will surely pay off. Uh, some stickers are something like it's the eighties or something. Like that's the height of footballing uh, gift sophistication. I, I, yeah, I say I say that because, um, like I said, when I ordered something from the club shop the other week, I got like a a little like six by four card with a picture of Ross McCrory on it, and it was it's it's from the it's from the it's from the our DNA under twelve club. So, but it was just like okay, this is something they're just sending out to people. So, I assume it's something like that. Um, there's definitely scope for a podcast on favourite bit of club merchandise. In fact, I think the only bit, and this ties into obviously Ebby, uh, who, who left us last week, um, the only bit of non-kit merchandise, I think official merchandise I've ever bought was a t-shirt from the club shop that had that, uh, statistics like mini skirts, uh, quote <laughs> on, on the front of it and the, the club badge on the corner. So they need to bring that back. That would be, that, that I would buy it so that they'd sell one at least anyway. Um, okay. That is, uh, our podcast for you this week ahead of a very big game, even if it's in very unusual circumstances on Sunday. So my thanks as ever to, uh, Martin Clunas. Martin, thank you. Thanks very much, Richard. And a very strong debut for Amy Lee Fairley. Amy Lee, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So Sunday at Hamden, not the cup semi-final any of us expected, but I know that regardless of the circumstances, every single Aberdeen fan out there is aching for us to win this trophy. 
So really, well, I've meant it more when I say, to close the show tonight, come on you Reds.